to the DMF. I am your host, Justin Yance, and this is episode 93, and this is the wrestling show. And I'm going to talk about the goings-on in wrestling. I'm going to talk about um, WWE. I'm going to talk about AEW. And I will also talk about the A&E biography on Shawn Michaels. So stay tuned. So let's start with the big news. AEW is moving to TBS. AEW Dynamite is moving to TBS in January. Now, some people think that this is kind of a bad thing. I see this as a good thing. They're no longer going to be preempted as many times as they will be on TNT. Um, TNT, they're going to have specials. They're going to have four TNT specials. And we're going to have AEW Rampage, which starts in the fall. So I got to say, and they're getting paid more money. So I think this is a good thing. This is going to allow, apparently they wanted three hours and Tony Khan said no. And I got to say, that was a smart move because the absolute worst thing AEW could have done is done three hours of AEW Dynamite. Nobody wants to watch three hours every single week. It was the detriment to Raw. It helped kill Nitro. It's never worked. So that was really smart of him. Um, AEW uh, Rampage is supposed to be... um, It's supposed to be like a a show that you're going to have to watch. It's going to be like their SmackDown. And he said it's going to be different and it's going to... You know, it's going to be important. Which is good. That's the one thing Vince has never been able to do. He's never been able to do two shows and make them both important. They always fall by the wayside. So let's see if Tony Khan can do that. I I just um, I'm happy. I, I think this is great for the business. This helps. It, it just shows that AEW is here to stay, and Vince better start you know getting ready because it it's not it's not going to happen the way he thinks it's going to happen. Now he can try. Now apparently the new show is going to be on Friday at ten. Um, he could try and make SmackDown three hours, which would be really dumb. But you know what? I with Vince McMahon, he's done so many dumb things with this with his company. I I don't. Nothing surprises me. You know, he gave up the network so that he could get the Peacock money. You know, he he's always. He, he thinks this is the way it is. He's forgotten how to book. And you know what? I got to say, I want to see AEW beat them <laughs> in some way. I think it's the only way to really wake Vince up and realize that he needs to get out of there. Because he has just been a detriment. I refuse to believe that Roman Reigns turning heel was his idea. Maybe it was, but I find it very hard to believe because he fought it every step of the way with Cena and never gave it to us when this could have been what Cena had. And they never, he's never, he listens to the fans to a point. And this is, I don't know, I think this is good. This is great for AEW, another show. Now they've got Dynamite and 
Rampage, and I like that um, Dynamite's going to be in TBS. It's going to give them, you know, more freedom to do what they want. Some people say, well, that's the lesser-known network. I've always looked at it as it's the same. It's the same network. I mean, when you go to a hotel room, you see TBS and TNT. It's like they're they're not not there. It's not like it's he's going to you know. What it what is that um, awful show Pop T Pop TV or whatever that they were that TNA did, which was just detrimental to their success. But you know what they brought it on themselves. They told Dixie Carter, but that's that's another that's another story, and that's beside the point. Um, the other thing that happened, this is a sad thing, is um, Will Ospreay vacates the uh, IWGP title um, due to neck injury. So we don't get Okada versus um, Will Ospreay. And I got to wonder, is Will Ospreay going to AEW? I mean, is, are some of these guys looking at the writing on the wall here? Um, I got to believe that, you know, New Japan has got to be doing some invasion once this um, once this cools down. We can do the, uh, the Bullet Club invasion, which would be really cool. I'm still hoping at uh, double or nothing we get the um, we get Daniel Bryan. Um, the other thing that happened is uh, Velveteen Dream was released, so he's gone. Um, I always liked the gimmick. He had great music, really catchy music. Um, he wasn't a great wrestler, but he was able to be carried and he was able to have you know really you know decent matches if he you know worked around it. I don't know. It would have been interesting to see what they did with him on the main roster. Roster, but you know we'll have to see. I don't. I don't know. I just. It's hard for me to put anything um, to Vince McMahon's. I just think he just is so out of touch. He does not get what um, is necessary for um, the business. I think he's just completely out of touch. But AEW, wow, they're getting paid more money. They got another show, and they're going to be in TBS, and they get four specials on TNT. So you get the Clash of Champions type of thing. I think it's good all around. I'm excited. Um, Will Ospreay getting vacating the title. That's sad. I hope he makes his way back. We'll have to see. We'll have to see how bad it is. But um, it was obviously bad enough that he had to vacate it, and um, they, they're still not even running shows yet, so... Something there in Velveteen Dream. Hmm, sad, but I guess the allegations against him are pretty strong for them to have released him. And some people are saying that he had behavioral problems. And then they released a bunch of guys in NXT and controversial referee, you know, Alexander Wolf. They, they, you know, it's it's amazing. WWE is all about just their bottom line, and they really don't care about anything else. So those are the things that went on this week, and those are pretty big. I was not expecting AEW to move to TBS, but I think in the long run, this is a good thing. And uh, when we come back, I'm going to talk about AEW. Okay, so... Um, some things have changed. Um, I'm no longer going to be running through shows um, like 
in chronological order. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm going to talk about what I like, the angles, and I'm going to talk about the show from that aspect. So let's start with um, the main thing. Not one of the main programs on the show, but on this show. But um, Omega versus Pac versus Orange Cassidy. I like this. Um, I hope, as I said before, that this is going to be an elimination match. That way, you know, it's not the WWE rules where you can just, you know, not get penned and lose the title. I hate that idea. So I hope that is what we find out as this uh, moves on. Um, I like uh, Orange Cassidy uh, against Omega. I think that's going to be good. Pac will be good. I, I wanted it one-on-one. -on -one. I really don't want this three-way thing, but let's see. I'm, I'm going to give them a, a chance. But one of the things that they did on this um, this week, and I thought this was great, is they had um, Omega going over to uh, Orange Cassidy and giving him a contract to sign, saying he would get a title shot at a later date. He rips it up. And they're like, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? It was so funny. So comical. Um, uh, Don Callis brings so much to uh, Omega's character. And then they give him another contract and say, don't tear this one up. Just, you know, think about it. <laughs> so I really like that dynamic. I can't wait to see what what those three can do. I just hope that, you know, it's elimination. It's not this, you know, you luck into the pen thing I don't like that I really don't like that um the other thing that happened that I really liking is Miro I think Miro is coming off like a beast he's becoming like a monster and I think he feels like um he's feel he could be their Brock Lesnar um he beat Darby Allen last week and now here he is the TNT champion and he's cutting a promo and they're booing him and he was like here's your Darby Allen as he holds the belt up great use of it and, and him against Lance Archer is great or excuse me Lance is it Lance yeah Lance Archer um and that should be good not Vance Archer what a stupid name they gave him in WWE <laughs> but uh Lance Archer versus Miro I I think Miro is going to run through him but you know I think they'll have a good match but Miro is um I see him in another year being the world champion he is just, he has a believability about him that not a lot of the other characters have, and I think he's going to be great. Um, Jim Ross thinks that Wardlow is the um, their next best thing. He thinks that he's going to be one of the big things coming up. So we'll have to see. I haven't seen it in him, but you know what? They're talking to him backstage. They could be right. Um, I really like that, though. Um, I love the way Miro is being presented here. I think Miro is going to be great. Um, the other thing I really liked is um, the Pinnacle promo where they're at the restaurant. Um, it was a little much where he's attacking the referee, but at least they had Tully like throw the throw some money at the ref and at the um, not the ref it was probably a ref at the waiter and say you know here you go that should take care of it. <laughs> Um, but the Pinnacle promo was great. MJF really, you know, lays these promos out, promos out great. And they're setting up the stakes for the Inner Circle versus um, the Pinnacle. And the Inner Circle did a promo in the ring. Not my favorite, but it was good. Um, Jake Hager, whenever I see him, I always see 
me and my friend, we watched um, one of his promos in uh, 2014. He just said, I failed. And we both kind of looked at each other and we're like, he basically cut like the worst promo in like one word. <laughs> um, but I thought he did good, you know. I've, I I like the way they use Jake Hager in um, in AEW. So it should be that that should be really interesting. Um, Canadian stamp, um, stadium stampede, not Canadian stampede, stadium stampede. Oh, I, though I gotta believe Canadian stampede is part of the reason why they're calling it that. Um, I gotta believe Inner Circle wins. I don't think they should disband them, but you know what? It's AEW. They could do that. Um, then we had uh, Moxley. The other feud that's beginning is you know Moxley and Kingston versus. Um, the Young Bucks, and it ended with them stealing their shoes, and I was kind of like, eh, I don't really like that crap, but you know what, that, you know, that worked, you know, that wasn't bad, it's just not my uh, thing. Um, one of the matches I really loved, and they need to do more with her, is Serena D versus Vel Red Velvet, I almost said Velvet Sky, I keep saying that, but no, this was a great match, and I love Serena D when he put, she puts the, uh, the one-legged, um, crab on there but she takes the knee and just bangs it over you know the thing before locking it in and winning and it's like it's the little things that Serena Deeb did in this match that like really set herself apart Velvet, the red velvet is very green but you know she has a lot of good potential um, but I like this this was this was great AEW uh, dynamite and I'm just you know some people are saying are they doing too much and I think there is something to that because Omega feels small here. When Omega comes out as the champion, he needs to feel like the show stops the same way that they kind of present Roman Reigns. Um, Christian, I like. I think um, he wins the double or nothing uh, battle royal unless they're going to do, um, it's going to surprise us and we're going to have, you know, Daniel Bryan show up or Bryan Danielson, but I would not have. I would build up to his first match. If you've got Brian Danielson, he comes out and he just he doesn't need to. He just needs to stand there and maybe you know and lay somebody out. Um, Sting and Darby versus uh, Ethan and um, Page and uh, and uh, Scorpio Sky. That should be good. I'm I'm liking this. I'm liking this uh, this this card for the. Um, for Double or Nothing. Double or Nothing is one of my favorites. Um, the, the first Double or Nothing had one of the best things ever. We had John Moxley debut, and it was so cool. He got one of the biggest pops I've seen in this modern era. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm digging AEW. And so that's kind of how I'm going to run through this from now on. I don't really want to just go blow by blow. I'm going to go with what I like. I'm going to talk about feuds. And I'm going to go into detail on that instead of just running down the show. So I hope you like that. Um, and when we come back, I'm going to talk about WWE. Now I'm going to start off with, um, with WWE. Let's start with Raw. It's awful. I'm not going to talk about it. I think it's just an awful show. I'll talk a little bit about WrestleMania Backlash. I thought it was a pretty good show, but it's just, you know, I don't feel like anybody's going to lose or anything, so it doesn't matter to me. 
It felt like a meaningless show. The girls had a good match, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte and Asuka. That was really good. Um, Cesaro versus Roman Reigns was really good. Um, I felt it was a little bit too much like patterned like a WWE match, which I didn't want. I wanted more like the Daniel Bryan match that Roman Reigns had where Daniel Bryan was banished. I thought that was the way to go, but they didn't do that. Um, Bobby Lashley versus Braun versus um, Drew ended exactly as we thought. You know, Braun was going to take the pinfall. And it looks like it will be um, in the Hell in a Cell, probably Drew and, uh, and Lashley. And uh, Seth came out and laid out Cesaro at the end of um, uh, the pay-per-view. So Cesaro and Seth will probably happen, and that should probably happen in the Hell in a Cell. And uh, I thought it was it was a pretty good show, but it just doesn't mean anything to me because it, they don't convince me that it's that it means anything. So it's hard for me to get excited for a pay-per-view where I know nothing big is going to happen. They're going to be good matches, but that's it. They're not going to shock me. They're not going to do anything great. As I said, Raw is awful. I'm not going to talk about Raw. I, I don't watch it. I'm not going to watch it. It's awful. It's horrible. This uh, Bliss thing is horrible. And I have nothing good to say about it. So I'll talk a little bit about SmackDown. Uh, NXT... Um, I'll say this, I thought Bronson Reed beating uh, Johnny Gargano, that was um, a good moment, nice little moment, but NXT is also way too patterned and way too boring. But they try, they at least try. Um, Nakamura and uh, Baron Corbin's feud, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I like it. Um, I like the King Nakamura thing, and he's got now uh, Eric Bugenheim, who is now uh, the Boogs, or Bog, or Rick Boggs, I think is what they're calling him now. And he's like his guitarist, and I thought he added a cool dimension to uh, Nakamura. And i got to be honest with you, Nakamura's going to get over on this. This is He's going to become a bigger star from this, the way they're treating him. Because he felt like a big deal, and they spent time with it. Uh, he won with a roll-up, which I don't like, but, you know, Nakamura... His charisma, this is the thing that's going to, this is a spark that's going to light the fire for him. I think this is his King Booker moment where, like, they really start to take notice of him. And, like, he, I think he, he's going to have a really good year. This The way they're position, positioning him is great. And the crown, I, I think they should take the crown off of King Corbin let him be Baron Corbin again and let Nakamura become King Nakamura. I think that would be really cool. Uh, Roman cut a promo. He said, uh, I'm going to let you guys celebrate me. And then he let, you know, um, Paul Heyman, you know, run down pretty much the list of all the guys he's beaten and how he hasn't lost since he's been, um, since he's been back. And that's true. Um, I love that Roman's got now a tracksuit. He's got like a sweatsuit, you know, with like his lo with his logos on it. I think that's cool. I thought this was great. This was a great use of his heel, of making him a heel. Um, when Cesaro came out, he's like, get this bum's music. I thought that was great. <laughs> he, he says, uh, right before Cesaro comes out, he tells Paul, he's like, bring me my uh, cousin. And he's about to go get him. It's so great. 
This is the best Roman Reigns. And, and the sad thing is, this is such a great character, but he has no one to face. And there's no interesting matchups. You know, I wanted a real long feud with Daniel Bryan. They could have done a really nice feud with Edge, but they ruined both those things, and Daniel Bryan's no longer there. And I'm very happy about that. But Roman, I, I don't know what we're building to. As I said last week and the week before that, I, Rock and Brock is this... That doesn't really interest me, but that looks like where we're going. And uh, actually, I think it's SummerSlam. It's going to be Cena versus Roman Reigns. I really think that's the big match they're looking to. And that should be interesting because uh, a heel Roman versus Cena, you know, I kind of like that. But I think that's um, that's probably the main event there. Um, Rollins, I absolutely hate this character. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know what he is anymore. It's just awful. Uh, Aleister Black returned. I like it. You know, he um, cost Big E the title, the, uh, the Intercontinental title, so it's going to be Big E and uh, probably Aleister Black. And it's a good, nice little feud, and they spent some time with it, so it seems like it's going to be very important. But Roman Reigns is the best thing in WWE. There's nothing that compares to him. He's the best thing, and the sad thing is there's no one to really feud him against. And... Um, I don't know. He's doing the best work of his career, and like, I have no faith in this company. The company's so cold, but he's great. I got no complaints with Roman Reigns. He has passed all this stuff with flying colors. He's amazing. Hats off to him. Um, I'm enjoying it. And that's about all I got to say about WWE. Um, Dominic and Ray, they won the they won the tag titles at uh, WrestleMania Backlash, which I thought was going to happen. Really nice little moment there. Um, it looks like a matter of time before Tamina and Natalia lose the titles back to Shayna Baszler and and um, Nia Jax. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, good SmackDown. Don't watch Raw, and uh, NXT is not bad. And I would say the best show is probably NXT uh, UK. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about A&E's Shawn Michaels doc. So let me talk a little bit about, um, so let's talk about the A&E documentary of Shawn Michaels. And I got to say, this was my favorite one. <laughs> This was my favorite one. I loved this. I thought this was good. Um, I will say the bad. I absolutely hate the Montreal stuff. It's more revisionist history. Saying that, you know, um, Brett, you know, had to lose the title. No, he was still under contract till like December. So he was going to lose the title after the December pay-per-view, which would have been great. He doesn't debut in WCW like till two weeks before the end of December. So it's more revisionist history, and it just upsets me that, you know, WWE wants to fall in that. But this isn't a Montreal show. Let's talk about Sean. They talk about, you know, his run with the Rockers, and they talk about how, you know, he, you know, he was in some dark places. You know, he talked about how, you know, he came from a military family. And uh, he met somebody at golf, and that's how he got into, uh, that's how he met um, uh, Jose. Um, 
to be his um, trainer. Uh, he talks about, you know, the rocker. He talks about, you know, doing cocaine and then thinking about killing himself. The only thing that stopped him was the fact that his family was there, you know, what his family would think. Talk about, you know, the split between him and the rockers and the barbershop thing. And he talked about how, you know, he came with the heartbreak kid and he said it was basically Elvis and Freddie Mercury. And he said both Elvis and Freddie Mercury, they were amazing on stage, but when they got off, they were, you know, they had problems. And he, you know, understood that. He said he was not comfortable with being himself. He did not want to be himself. So, um, he jokes, he says, you know, I was a pretty man. I was a pretty man. <laughs> Which is funny. Um, he talks about, you know, the drugs. He talks about getting hit by, you know, beat up by the, um, the Marines. He talks about, you know, the Montreal screw job and that, you know, ugh. I don't want to hear WWE's version. I already talked about that. They talk about DX. That's really where Sean, to me, became whole. The sad thing is um, it only lasts three months. And then you talk about the injury and they talk about the lead up to WrestleMania. I didn't know that um, Triple H was basically the uh, the liaison between him and uh, and Austin. They, they He would tell... Triple H and they would lay up, you know, Triple H would go to Austin and they would go back and forth and that's how they laid out the match. He talked about how being, you know, you know, upset, you know, he really didn't like the fact that he was being replaced by Steve Austin and, you know, the, one of the big things was, you know, when he got laid out by Tyson, they were not supposed to put the, tie, the shirt over Sean's face, but they ended up doing it anyway. He burst into the uh, the press conference. He was so mad. He felt like his whole life was taken away from him, and, and rightfully so in some ways. Uh, they talk about, you know, him meeting his wife. He talks about the showing up at the, the SmackDown where he was all pilled up, and, you know, I think that's one the show where Undertaker was like, this is ridiculous. And then he yelled at, um, this is when uh, Vince tells Sean he has to go home. And Sean lays into Hunter and they don't talk for a whole year. And then he finds God and, you know, coming back to the WWE. And then they talk about the Ric Flair match. And then he says, you know, he wanted to go, you know, after the 25 match, you know, with uh, a taker. He felt like he had nothing else to prove. So... He won, they do the rematch, and uh, that's the end of his career. And then he talks about, you know, helping the next generation. And it was a nice little, you know, thing, you know, to see. I, I thought it was cool. They talked about, you know, the dark stuff with him. I, I love hearing the uh, the WrestleMania 14 stuff. So I didn't know a lot of that stuff. Um, Austin thought it was, you know, kind of ridiculous the way he was acting, but, you know, he kind of got it in some ways. Um... But yeah, he really talked about how he just was, you know, angry. And he was, you know, a drug addict and he was angry. And, you know, all those things were manifesting themselves. I, but I thought this was one of the best ones. Because um, they really went into the dark stuff. And that's what I wanted to hear about. And Sean was, you know, unapologetic about it. You know, he explained who he was then. Uh, Nash talks about how, you know... When he came in, you know, Sean told him, he said, now look, listen, everybody hates us. And how, you know, Nash was basically his bodyguard uh, then. They talk a little bit about the curtain call and 
you know, they have Ric Flair saying how, you know, if this was the 70s or 80s, they would have gotten beaten up in there. But, you know, I hate to tell you, Rick, but it wasn't the 70s or the 80s. It was the 90s. And, you know, I believe uh, Vince knew that that was going to happen. And they just, um, you know, everybody's fine with it until, you know, the old timers that didn't like it because they're still stuck in the way. And I think Sean talks about how, you know, this was basically their way. He doesn't talk about it on this document. He did it on the two dudes with attitude. But like how, you know, we were kind of showing you that we were ready for the attitude era in 1995. And I think he's right about that. Um, they talk about um, Brett and Sean's match, the, the Iron Man match. And they said that, they, you know, they work kind of stiff for a reason. Some people like that match. Some people hate that match. You know, it depends on where you fall on that line. Um, but I liked it. I, I, you know, I'll probably watch this one again. This one was probably my favorite. Um, I'm really anxious to see what they do with um, Brett. And uh, Warrior will be a lot of revisionist history because, you know, the wife works for the company, so there's no way they're going to bury her. Um, they'll talk about some of his problems, but, you know, they're going to do it in a nice way. But but then a couple of days later, we've got the dark side of the ring, and that's going to go into the, in deep on Warrior, and it's not going to be a pretty picture. They're going to they're gonna show us the real guy. And that will be um, interesting. You'll have this side-by-side. -side. You'll have WWE's version, and you'll have the dark side of the ring version. But, uh, yeah, watch the Sean one. Really good. Really good stuff. Um, I, I love hearing, you know, the 14 stuff. That was interesting stuff to hear about. And uh, I think that about does it. Um, I want to say thank you for listening, as always. And, um, yeah, this was a pretty good show. Um, I hope you like the new format. Um, I want to apologize for last week for making mistakes. I said um, Born to be Wild. It wasn't. It wasn't Born to be Wild. It was Wild Thing. And he now has a new version of Wild Thing. And I'm talking about John Moxley. And I mentioned Cactus Jack in there. No, he had Born to be Wild. That was what I was thinking of. And uh, I at one point said uh, in the Booker T thing that... that um, they ran over his ECW version. He was never in ECW. He was always in WCW. That was my mistake, and I apologize for that. And uh, with that, as I said, I want to thank you, say thank you for listening, and I will see you next time on the DMF. <laughs>